We can have debates all day long about who the king of R&B is, was, or will be. But it's all good. Because no matter who you got as your number one or top five, make no mistake. Elijah Blake's vocal abilities, artistic talent, and cultural impact cannot be denied. Period. This brother has been making quality music for years. And luckily for his fans, he shows no signs of stopping anytime soon. If you even paid a little attention to Elijah's career, you know that a part of what sets him apart from other artists is how much of himself he puts into his songs. Elijah has never shut away from telling his story on his terms. Vulnerability is strength, and Elijah is as strong as they come. In this episode, Dr. Dawson and Elijah have a really real conversation about mental health, trauma, and healing. Mental Health is Real with Dr. Milo Dotson, reflecting empathy and love. Peace, brothers and sisters. This is Dr. Milo Dodson. I'm a licensed psychologist in the state of California, and I am starting this podcast. Now we're a couple podcast episodes in called Mental Health is Real. And the real is an acronym for reflecting empathy and love because in all the types of works that we do, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through music and acting, we always try to embrace that authenticity of empathy and love to encourage each other and today i am so so incredibly grateful and feel blessed to have brother elijah blake in the house what's up what's up man thank you for taking the time bro i i really do appreciate i know how how busy you are oh man it's it's all love actually it's so crazy that we're doing this now because i remember our conversation when this was like an idea oh yes it so was, when you said the was. real, the acronym and all that stuff, I'm like, oh, shoot, like this man is really doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just hit me. Yeah, man. That's been, um, you know, the name is kind of like the, the calling sign. I think being able to have spent some time creatively trying to create that, yeah. uh, you know, over, I don't know, it's been almost a year now since we since yeah. we talked about it. But I think one of the biggest pieces of this is really working to destigmatize mental health so that people feel encouraged to really seek therapy, to just be open about their own self-expression and their own vulnerability. And I think one of the things that I've appreciated about you, so a little backstory, I first got hip to your stuff back in like 2012 or 2013 maybe when you were on on the games album yeah 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 and he was like i want to introduce you to my good friend elijah blake (laughs) and (laughs) when you know when he said that Uh i went from i always do this thing it's just like i never know i just know so much of the bs that goes into the music industry right right and setting up sessions in a and r's who aren't like really invited into the session themselves with the artists so uh-huh. then when they set it up for me to come to the studio i'm always like does the artist know because i know with me like there's oh been, right, right, right as an artist myself there's been times where like there's an a and r at the label i don't even know and he's like trying to ask for songs for me right or request tracks and i'm like how can you request like some music for me from other people and you don't even know who I am or what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah. when I went to the studio with the game, first of all, I'm like super not like gangster. Okay. Like you know what I mean? Like I grew up in like performing arts schools and like I I'm I feel like I have a lot of street in me okay. just from being around that. But um right you know and I'm not from LA either so I'm in this session and the, we we go from like me not me feeling like game doesn't even know that this is happening and he had nothing to do with asking me to be here uh-huh. from him going in the booth and like being like I'd like to introduce you to the incredible yeah. gentleman. So it's just like you never know. That's the power of music. You just never know who you're touching, who's listening, 
Yes. Who's watching and mm-hmm. who's rooting for you? So for him to do that was just like amazing to me, you know. Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but part of your I'm definitely not even going to try to sing. But <laughs> I think you said we're far from being free. Yeah. Right. And I remember at that time I was just finishing up my PhD. I was in my last year about to go on internship. Yeah. And there was something about the way that you sang it and just those words where I was like, shit, like this is real. Like we got a long way to go to freedom. Exactly. And I think when, again, we're, we're looking back about my experience of listening to your music over these last five, six years, how you've been consistent about really talking about social justice. Yeah. And you've been consistent about being vulnerable to really express yourself. Thank you, bro. And so, yeah, absolutely, man. I've always just kind of I don't know, maybe cuz I I don't really smoke weed like that. Okay. But I'm around weed smokers, so I kind of uh-huh. always like challenge myself to be as like <laughs> as woke <laughs> as they are. Um and I do catch contact. So uh, and me, that's a very real thing. Yeah, yeah. catching contact. <laughs> yes, the contact high. I actually is very like real. catching contact. Oh, well. So maybe that's a part of my mental illness. Because <laughs> I feel very like, ooh, yeah. Well, I can't really smoke because I'm a singer. Oh, it messes up the vocal cords. Well, the vocal cords. Yeah. But I feel like maybe, it's just my, in my twisted way of thinking, if I could just get like a little bit of enlightenment that's in the air. Uh-huh. So I'm like, it's no different than me walking downtown in, or in LA or something like that and the fumes are in the air. But I grew up in like the millennial age is what they're yeah. calling us. And um. Social media and the internet plays such a huge part. And mm. I think the thing with black people, for us to be so powerful in fashion mm-hmm. and uh, in music and politics even now You're right, right, and right. Um, entertainment period and sports, we don't really know how powerful we are uh-huh. how, to the point where it's kind of like, okay, guys, like every time I wake up, black Twitter is like dragging somebody. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like you finally realizing... It's like when Harry Potter like realized that he had a wand, like, and yeah. he, like casting spells just everywhere. Casting spells left and right. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I wake up now and like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about it. Right. Because I watch my, I feel like social media has given us a, it's really shown us our power. Like, right, you know how right, they right. say with the black doll, I think it's shown us when we come together, we can, we've shut, shut down some companies. If you really yeah. look back at shut down when H&M. Black Twitter, be- yep. yeah, uh-huh. we've shut down some companies. We've shut down. We've made some politicians resign. Uh-huh. We've gotten some people out of power in terms of entertainment that were abusing their stuff and yep. and fashion now yeah, yeah, yeah. are including us. And we've kind of basically put our foot down and said, if we don't see us on your billboards, if we don't see us on your website, if we uh-huh. don't see us inside of your um, luxury magazine or wearing that brand, like when you sell it, like we're not wearing it anymore. Right. And I feel like this is the first time ever. That that these high-end designers are using mm-hmm. us. Absolutely. Like, I went on Gucci the other day. Last night, don't judge me. I went on the Gucci website. I mean, I'm not judging you, but you do have Versace <laughs> flip-flops on with your little white socks. So, <laughs> with, with the tank top, but whatever. Okay, go ahead. Come on, went, my went brother. Went to Gucci.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was on the site, and the first image I saw was a black boy who looked like me. Oh, man. So, but when it's like petty stuff, I'm kind of like, when it gets to kind of like borderline bullying mm-hmm. is when I'm kind of like, okay, guys, like, you know, there's a beautiful side, but I guess you really just can't pick it anymore. But Well, I mean, I think you you hit on a great, great point because as you're seeing that on a fashion high designer website, but nonetheless, representation is important. Yes. And representation matters because it allows us to feel like we can be who we are. Yes. And it gives us that sense of validation, affirmation in our identity. Yes. 
So that actually leads me to a question I've been really wanting to ask you in that I know you as an artist and I've known you for, for a couple years now, yeah. but for our brothers and sisters who are listening to this, when I ask you, who are you? Who would you say that you are? I would say I'm becoming. Mm. And that is just the most liberating place that I've ever been. Okay. It's finally saying, I don't really have all the answers. Right, right, But right. I like the trajectory of where I'm going. Okay, okay. I like the honesty that I'm evoking in mm. my music and in, in, as myself. It's so weird. Like, I've always, because I've, my mother worked three jobs to put me in a good school and I went into, I went, I was in performing arts school and I was in the choir. Right. I was never like the stereotypical black male that people saw on the news robbing, like, you know, that they would only show on the news, robbing and burglarizing and stuff like that. So I mm-hmm. was always looked at as weird. Like I was always you looked were at like as othered. Yeah, as eccentric yeah. or trying to be a white boy or yeah, yeah, yeah. so then it made me fight a lot because I, I wanted to let people know I wasn't a punk. So I also it's like he's really uh, he can be really street or he can be really like, you know, but he gets all these really good grades and he's scoring in the top five percentile uh-huh. of the state exams. Right. So for me, I just really just love where I am now and I and, and showing it in my music and now I, when I talk to people who I felt like judged me before uh-huh. they're like I don't know what it is about you but there's just like a confidence and yeah. there's more of a like you're more secure with yourself now and this is because I saw what it was like to try to please everybody I saw what it was like to run into the label and be like here's the song that you guys here's the radio single that you guys want right. and then they still not really work it so I'm like I'm, and, and, and you actually said it perfectly there you said here's this radio piece that you guys want mm-hmm versus like here's something that I feel really connected to I want to share this with you yeah like I'm almost doing things because I know others want this particular thing and that's not being real to who I am yeah and you got to live with yourself at night and I and I found I found myself losing sleep because I was like damn like I went out there and put on this costume and Mm. danced for these motherfuckers and they still didn't like me Mm -hmm. whereas if I would have just been myself and went out there and danced as Elijah Blake, mm-hmm. I would have had a great time, and I wouldn't even been paying attention or giving or caring if they liked me or not. Mm. So now I'm like, I'm gonna dance as me mm-hmm. and have fun. Mm-hmm. And when I walk off that stage, I'm like, man, I had a good time. Oh, you didn't like it? Oh, you liked it? Okay, cool, because I loved it. You know what I mean? It's about it's about you, and mm-hmm. it's about being able to be you in exactly. that sense. And there's nothing more powerful than that that realness yeah. and that authenticity. And I think there's been this huge, huge piece that I've heard in, in themes throughout um, Drift. We go back to Shadows and Diamonds, to Blueberry Vapors, and, and most recently with Audiology. Yeah. And this theme of self-expression that yeah. way, but also really that much more about vulnerability. And Bro, I think, yeah, go ahead. Drift was the lowest like Yessie literally like she can she understands like I was at the lowest point mentally of a mental breakdown really and I think I had to go through that because I had net I was never able to understand or been able to show the right amount of empathy towards people who had might have had like a mental illness in the form of like borderline on a breakdown or um considering suicide yeah yeah and not to say i i didn't get that close thank god mm. but i for the first time throughout that process i could understand what it would take to break a person to consider what that. would get them to that point exactly right, because right, right. it just i'm looking at myself and i'm just like i've done everything i was supposed to do uh-huh and i'm being punished for it uh-huh. so i i felt like i put out this mixtape that you guys told me not to put out mm-hmm. 
and I literally begged you guys to put out the mixtape. Like was voted like the not, the top ten projects of 2012. Oh, it really? made like basically all the lists. Okay, okay. Um, from a mixtape that I right. put together, they gave me two weeks to go into the studio. I put together this whole thing, Damn. and then they took credit for it. Oh, they didn't believe in it, but then you know the label took credit for it. When it worked well, then they took credit for yeah. it. But if it didn't work well, then they're gonna say like that was that's your bad dude. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. then it all, so then at that point it was like okay, well that's cool. Let me do it again, but with a bigger budget, and uh-huh. you know what I mean. But then now it's like okay, no, you do it our way or nothing. So then there was like a hiatus, uh-huh. like now I'm, I'm there's all this buzz and I can't put out music because now they're overthinking it because they're trying to recreate something that they didn't even create in the first place so it's like when when you're feeling this low and you're feeling so invalidated for them to take and almost steal that freedom exactly to try to steal that authenticity from you you're yeah. like did that make you feel that much like more sad or, or anxious it about just made or? you feel it, it makes you feel silenced and dis, disarmed and ah, it makes you man. feel um, so, cause you didn't, you know, people don't understand people, the public just sees it as, oh, he doesn't want it bad enough or he's lazy and they don't understand the fight that's happening yeah. internally of like, let me put out my music, but you're signed to a company where if you even try to put it up on your YouTube or your SoundCloud, it's being pulled down. Right. All right. You know? So, so one of the, one of the main points about this podcast is being able to check in with people and really just asking what they feel mental health is. So if I were to ask you, what is mental health? How would you describe that? Honestly, I think mental health is, I don't know if you can really, I think mental health is a feeling. Ah, yes. I think we yes. fight it every day, actually. Mm. And now more so than ever. Like, I might, I might wake up in a good mood, and I'm scrolling through Instagram, mm. and I see something that makes me like Trump I, I try not to I unfollowed it I, at first I was following it to like to stay on top of it but then it's just like it, it started messing with my mental health because it Absolutely. infuriated yeah, me yeah. and it actually is it's frightening to see that this person has the codes to the, uh, the nuclear to launch missiles. codes yeah. yes all that and he's tweeting that my button is bigger to a oh. guy who has nothing to lose in a whole nother, like, you know what I mean? In a dictator who's a madman. Yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe man. we do, maybe your button is bigger. Uh-huh. But while you hide in your bunker and it's uh, bombs away, yeah. you know, the casualties, I don't want to be a part of that. Uh, me neither, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that that's a form of mental health. It's kind of like clearing out what affects your psyche every day. It's yes. almost like they say, watch what foods you put into your body. Uh-huh. Social media is a part of our daily diet now. right and i think in, in saying that it's like before you can clear it out you first have to have the awareness that one it's real mm-hmm. and two acknowledging what actually needs to be cleared out and then three ultimately clearing it out yeah so i know like a lot of people ask like well how do i engage with all these trolls on my comments or like how do i follow up with all these tweets and retweets and stuff And I think one of the pieces I really invite people to consider here is actually the best way to engage is to disengage. Mm. The best way to keep track of what you're putting in or consuming Mm -hmm. is actually to create that intentional disengagement. Yeah. So like when you're saying for Trump, yeah, I want to be informed, but do I want to be informed at the risk and sacrificing my own mental health? Definitely. And, And as we're talking about mental health, it's important to recognize that 
everybody has mental health. Yes. Whether you're a psychologist or an amazing singer and artist like yourself. Thank you. Just like we all have physical health. Yes. So just like we're all watching what we physically consume, eat, drink, all that kind of stuff, staying away from the smoking, but you know, whatever with the, the contact <laughs> high. Um, as we're watching that, we also have to be aware of our, our emotions yeah. because those are just, just as real. Yeah. And I think when you are a creative and, or if you just are like in tune, the more you become in tune with yourself and um, you get a better, you reach a better state of your mental health, mm -hmm. I think you're more sensitive to energies opposing your mental mm. health. Have you... Have you um, felt like a change or a shift in, I know that we talked about the different albums, but just your work in general, even if it's yeah. not you know, I made a conscious to decision to better my mental health. Ah. I changed my number that I had since I was in sixth grade. Thank you for uh, including me in the new number, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I felt like that. people was like, oh man, Elijah, here you go, being extra again. Because I literally just sent that number to like 10 people. Oh man! And that was in the clap it up for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I like said it in the text when I sent it to me. Like, okay, please do me. I was like trying to find out how do I say this, but it's like oh, here goes the R and B singer being extra again. But yeah, I wanted to, yeah, yeah. you know, because with, especially with black people, uh -huh. like we're all family, so we call each other brothers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I changed my number for a reason. Please do not just like go and like pass this on to everybody. Yeah, don't just share it out. So like, I'm like, how do I put this in the text? Because it's like if you don't tell somebody that. Then they gonna, don't know not to do it. Right. So, but, but without sounding extra. So I just put it in. You know, I got a lot of the LOLs. Like, man, come on now. Yeah. Are you serious? Like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank God I made like the, the, the I made cut. the cut. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was getting from like the homies. Yeah. But it was a real thing. I woke up one morning and I was like, I can't continue getting texts from people I knew in high school. Right. Asking me for money. Right, right, right. I can't continue getting texts from people I've dated two, three years ago talking about mm -hmm. I miss you. It's just like, girl, mm -mm. you don't get, you Bye. know what I mean? <laughs> Bye. So all yeah. of that, um, it just, I made a choice. I was like, I do not, if I, I can't protect or control everything, but right. I'm going to start to, and I lost some really good friends. Uh, and it's actually man. heartbreaking to even talk about this. Some really close people who I felt weren't protecting their mental health. Ah. Uh, and which, um, as a, and I, I was catching the, the collateral yeah, yeah, damage yeah. of it. Right. You were a casualty of I it. had to separate myself from them, not because they were bad people, but just right. because they weren't as um, they weren't as cautious to what they were allowing in right. in our, in, in our um, infrastructure. Yeah, that makes yeah, any yeah. Sense. And that's sad, you know, because I it's so tough because and now I understand. Like back in the day, like when I first got on Instagram or Twitter, like if you unfollowed me, mm -hmm. I'm like. Don't even say hi to me in person. <laughs> like, I was like so sensitive to that. That was real, yeah. Yeah, but I was talking to um, a friend of mine, and I was able to understand it because I wasn't the person he unfollowed, but uh -huh. it was a mutual friend. And he was like, you know, I had to like um, unfollow this person. on, And I'm like, yeah, no, why? They cool. He's like, it's nothing. I actually wish them the best. I don't, I don't have anything against them. I'm just watching what I take in, and I mm -hmm. want my Instagram. And when I look through... My feed is things that re-energize and, um, and pours back into me. That's powerful, man, because I, as you're talking about having social media or just interactions, relationships that pour into you, yeah. you're making yourself a priority. Yes. And I think 
you know, I, I can be honest, like I would listen to some Shadows and Diamonds and Blueberry Vapors like when I've been going through it wow. myself personally. And then so for somebody like yourself who pours out to others so frequently, yeah, it's important that you're continuing to pour into yourself and make yourself that priority. And it's, it's a scary thing because you, the first thing you get called is selfish. Ah, but yes. But you sometimes got to be when you've been... The person who's always making sure everyone's okay and they don't ask if you're okay. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, I would, I really like challenging the idea that it's selfish to take care of ourselves. Yes. Because think about that for a second. Like, am I being selfish when I'm saying I just want to have healthy mental health? Yes. Versus am I being selfish when like I went to... I don't know, get a coffee and I didn't get you one. Yeah. Or I went to go get a juice and I didn't get you one or yeah. something like, yeah. it's not, again, for me and in a lot of the work I do with clients, mm -hmm. I don't talk to people about selfishness as just being able to protect and to improve their mental health mm -hmm. because that doesn't like even make sense to yeah. me really, you know? Exactly. And so as I'm hearing you say, I got to either unfollow people on Twitter, I got to kind of just disengage. Yeah. What I really hear you saying is that, hey, I'm actually taking care of my mental health. Yeah, because that's our main source. Mm -hmm. You pick up your phone how many times that you don't even know it. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, and you know, you got to get like the, the side eyes. Yeah. This generation, we're, we're in a really weird place. Uh-huh. Because like I feel like our parents or grandparents, when they hear us talk about social media, they're like, oh, that's such an immature thing. But it's like, no, how you guys had Soul Train and how you guys had, you <laughs> know what I mean? Train. Like this Absolutely. is actually the most, our phones uh -huh. is the most, the, the one thing that's a constant in our life. Like, yeah. You check it in your sleep. You check it when, you know what I mean? Like First thing you look at when you wake up. You, you're mm -hmm. always looking at it. So that's like the biggest part of your diet. You're digesting it all throughout the day. You know, there's actually research that talks about and has tracked people's um, physiological reactions when they wake up and they look at their phone. Yeah. And if they're looking at their phone throughout the day and they see those likes, it triggers a part in the brain, just like if you're getting um, like a reward yeah. or you're getting like, you're eating something that you really like, you're yeah. viewing something. So it almost becomes a habit. It I does. have to look at my phone to have this good feeling. Yes, it does. And I have to look at the, my phone at times to feel validated. Yeah. And, and then also going back to your earlier point, like social media has actually became such a unique form of communication yes. that I don't think it's about just pushing it away, mm. but actually better understanding like how do people use this? Preach. And, and how do people actually benefit from this? Yes. Not letting yeah. social media customize you. Yeah, yeah, yeah Customizing yeah. social media to fit you right. and for you to use it. Because you know, you want to promote your music, you want to promote your product, you want to promote your, you, or you just want to let you, keep, let your friends know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, everything's so fast paced now, you don't have the time to pick up the phone and call everybody. So mm -hmm. it is kind of cool that we're able to post um, a picture throughout the day and let everybody know we're okay, we're alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, but at the same time, also learning that just because somebody posts a picture of them smiling doesn't mean that they're okay or that they're necessarily oh, happy. I one of the most powerful things, and I, I I'll be honest, um, I don't follow the Shade Room because I don't really like partaking oh, in it. You you go right ahead, bro. That's all you, my man. I but watch that personally. Thing. <laughs> personally, I don't I don't follow uh, on a regular basis. I may see a couple things here and there. Yeah. 
But one of the most powerful, powerful images I saw the other day was being able to, they were saying like, check on your strong friend. And, and then, you know, you swipe to the right and then there was something like, strong friend, are you okay? Because all the people if we're, that we're seeing in our social media feeds, mm-hmm. if we're like, oh, that's my strong friend, like he's good, like I don't gotta worry about him. Or like, she's, she's doing great, I know she's killing it, she's a new CEO, she's good, I don't have to worry about her. But the way that we portray ourselves sometimes comes at our own inexpense yeah. of having that vulnerability and emotional expression, yeah. whether that's through social media or in person. Yeah. Um, and I think being able to be honest, like, yeah, that person is a strong friend, but they also feel like yeah. they, they get stressed. Yeah, I've even learned with myself, right? Cause I was like looking at my Instagram and I was like just taking like, you know, sometimes like you're not in that place anymore. So I was just like going through my social media and like just kind of cleaning it up. Right, right. And I noticed like through the audiology, uh-huh. uh, and this is a, a real honest conversation we're gonna have. Good, good. But through the audiology period, most of my pictures were like shirtless. They, they were, bro. They, they were. <laughs> Music is an art form, and art is about emotion. So to succeed as an artist, Elijah has needed to acknowledge all of the emotions he has experienced. On his previously released album, Audiology, Elijah opened up about the sexual trauma he experienced and how that has impacted his body image as well as his sexual expression. Now on his most recently released Bijou 23, he asks, Are you strong enough to be vulnerable? On the song Mutual, as if to encourage his audience after he has engaged in his own self-reflection. Because vulnerability is strength, and Elijah is ready to walk in his fearless truth, this is going to be powerful. That's the first project that I felt, well, I had to first find strength in talking about the molestation that happened to me as a kid. Man. So what that does to you is it desensitizes you from sexual experiences, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And it also makes you feel like someone took that moment that your innocence away earlier. Mm-hmm. And immediately I was just like, something has to be wrong with me. So you're afraid to even have the conversation of being sexually free or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in the gym and just be in the best shape possible mm. for myself. Okay. Right? Or just strive to be in that shape possible. And then I'm going to take back what somebody stole from me. Yes. So it's like now... Throughout that whole thing, psychologically, I didn't even realize it until just the other day. I was, while I was telling the story about it being taken from me, mm, mm-hmm. you can see in my pictures that I was trying to take that back. Mm-hmm. You were reclaiming it. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I'm going to be sexual on my terms. On your terms, yeah. yeah. For the whole for earlier part of my life as a kid, it was taken from me. Right. So now when you see Elijah with his shirt off and it's just like, now I finally feel like I can be sexy on my terms and it was kind of like me right. tapping into that inner child and like coming into it on my I was really just fighting for that. Yeah, man, as you, you know what I mean? And again on your terms yeah. as you felt comfortable to be that open and honest with us. Yeah. And we're talking about uh Mama knows, right? Yeah. Man, I remember what the pictures I saw before I listened to that song. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, I, I really can appreciate his his freedom here. Yeah. And then as I'm listening to the song later, I was like, man, that was that was a beautiful moment. Thank um, you, bro. In, in all seriousness. And I think 
for you to do that as a black man, knowing knowing damn well the type of shit that you were gonna hear from it, yeah, and knowing the type of trolls and comments and all that kind of stuff, that was brave. Thank you, bro. That was really courageous, and I think you gave so many people so much freedom from that. Yeah. Um, and in that vulnerability, you allowed other survivors to really talk about their experiences and, and to reclaim and to do things on their own terms. Definitely. And to your credit, bro, I don't think that was anything really, uh, not not different or new, but you also did that back on, on Drift. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, it was six. Six, yeah. And you you started talking about how you had nightmares, you had PTSD, and how it really impacted the physical abuse on on that particular song. Yeah. Really impacted your relationships. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here like, this dude is like a damn superhero. (laughs) Thank you, bro. Because how much strength it takes to do that as as a black man, especially, I couldn't. Until this day, I can't watch the video. For real? No, like the oh. sixth video, I, I, I still can't watch it. It's, it's, it's hard to hear that song. And I think that's when my artistry is at its best. So I feel like, like you said, like I felt like I touched on it on Drift. Yes. I felt like I touched on it on um, even Beach 22 with Beloved, where I talk about uh-huh. my sister who uh-huh. died before she could, I could even, you know, my baby sister. Right. And then on um, Shadows and Diamonds, um, I'm trying to think of what song I, I spoke about it on. But now I feel like I, I got it out the way on Audiology and I can like fully elaborate on it because okay. I kind of was just like hey here's what you guys want here's a little bit of me you know what I mean yeah 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 but just to I'm every day just striving to be to walk more in that fearlessness and, and, and more in that freedom because it's it's tough and I think as artists we owe it to the ourselves in the world too even if it makes us uncomfortable put it there and walk away because uh, therefore you know you've done your part and you've done your part in a way that's real and a way that's authentic yes and there's nothing more empowering than that because before you were an artist you were a person yes and after whenever you hang up the mic so to speak mm-hmm. you're you're still going to be a person yeah. you're still going to be a brave black man and i think living consistently through that there's nothing again there's nothing more powerful than that and, and so i'm i'm wondering as we're talking about freedom being connected to fearlessness mm-hmm. what type of things would you say that you're you're feeling maybe a little bit hesitant about or maybe fearful of as we're talking today Aside from Trump releasing all hell. Oh, <laughs> yes. God bless America, man. I, I do get afraid of having so much to talk about and not talking about any of the stuff that I need to talk about. Oh, explain that. That's, so, like, that I have concepts, good. like, I, I'm, if I'm watching Narcos or whatever, and I hear, like, a, um, a line that inspires me. Okay. I have, like, a, a notepad of, like, maybe, like, 7,000, like, song titles. Wow. It's constantly growing. It's ridiculous. And that's the most valuable thing in my phone. Actually, when I was switching my phones over, I thought I lost it. Oh, I said no. a prayer, and God put it back on my phone. I don't know how. Well, he did it, it was gone, but it was well, like that. Yeah. I've been building this like these song titles since I was in ninth grade. So like Dang. it's just concepts and everything. I, okay. I got climax from that that same little notepad. Uh-huh. I've gotten uh-huh. so many things from there. So um But I'm afraid of like being influenced by so many different things in how do I put that in? How do I mm. incorporate like my island roots and my um, Afro Latin roots? Yeah, and, um, my Florida isms in there, and uh-huh. but still touch on kids, to talk to kids who have been molested and mm-hmm. are trying to find that freedom, or or the the, the black guy. 
that can identify with the hood and the streets, but is not the stereotypical black guy mm-hmm. and doesn't portray the the ignorance that they show us as. Right. It's so many things, and then so and then being comfortable enough to be emo, but then wanting to dance because that's like yeah. All, yeah so that's yeah, like yeah. my fear. It, my only fears, bro, because I have like. Um, cerebral fears, like like a fear, like uh, th- then I so fight that more like professional cerebral. I gotta make sure I get this type of work done musically and artistically, and like the legacy part. Uh, okay. It's never, you know, people always look at me like Elijah, like you're so underrated, and like you know, and th- I'm always so grateful. And they, you know, people who really support like my music and my talent, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I see their frustration for like. Why I'm not further, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I've always kind of like honestly been content with it mm. because a lot of the artists that I look up to, it didn't, it didn't. I'm sorry, it didn't happen overnight for them. Okay. But the the longevity was just enormous. So right, right. you know what I mean? It's like people don't pay, know. A lot of people don't know that Lauren Hill like had a whole stint with the Fugees forever before she could do the miseducation. Yeah, yeah, and the Fujis in them in themselves, like what a body of work they have. Yeah, yeah. So my goal is to continue to be known for putting out good and great music, and I think the people will catch up uh, as they've been. But I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you for that part because I don't think people love you, and I know a lot of people love you, including mm-hmm. like you said your your circle of of friends. We don't love you because of the work that you do, as amazing as it is as prolific as you will continue to be mm-hmm. we don't love you and our love isn't contingent on you putting out some dope shit mm-hmm. we love eli because of who he is because of who you are wow thank you bro so the reason why you've been so successful is because of who you are and not what you do and thank don't you, get me bro. wrong i want to be clear for you and whoever else out there trying to hit me up it's like man you ain't nothing but a hater you're phd you're probably <laughs> fake anyway <laughs> i want to be clear you are talented as hell thank you bro but again you separate yourself from any and everybody else and you are where you are because of who you are thank you bro and so as long as you continue to walk in that truth then the work in itself will follow and it'll just fall out just like that i received that in the name (laughs) i needed that but yeah man that's that's really like the only thing is like with projects is living up to bg22 especially is like the one project i feel like when i go into like recording a new album i'm like okay how am I going to make this better than BG22? Mm. That's the one that haunts me. Okay. Like, you know, I feel like every artist has that. Like, I feel like Lauren, well, she's only put out the miseducation, but I feel yeah. like that's what stopped the other one is because she's like try- constantly trying to beat that one. Or like, like, how do you even follow that up? Exactly. Like, or like how us trying to fo- yeah. follow up confessions. And I'm not to say that mine's is on that level, mm. but for some, for some of my fans, that's the pinnacle or like that's right. the one. But it also sounds like in addition to the fans, you yourself feel that much more connected to that yeah yeah because i was in i was like i'm about to sh- y'all giving me two weeks to uh-huh. do a whole mixtape that's uh-huh. all i got it might have been like a little less than two weeks but it was literally like uh, jay was like i'm gonna give you this much to to, to go record your project okay like a mixtape right. or whatever because at the time i was on so many features i was on the game um they're all about to come out the game was going to come out my feature on ross was coming out my feature on the key album was coming out Dang. It, i had a song on the nas project so it was like i'm like oh my god i'm about to be nate dog like <laughs> <laughs> so i was like i've got to get some music out 
that it points to oh. who I am as an artist, or they're gonna just think I'm a hook guy. Right, right, right. So I would literally remember running up to Rock Nation, like you know, and Jay Brown was there, and I was like, "Bro, please let me just put out something." Uh huh. And um, he was like, "All right, you think you can do it?" And it, it was it was cool because me and him had that relationship and that friendship, and I went in mm-hmm. and no ID, you know, he, I, you know, kudos to him because um, although I'm not happy with where we are when I left Def Jam. Uh huh. The way he fought for me was to the best of his ability at the time. Okay. And when it was time to put up or shut up, he did. Ah. And when I had two weeks or less than two weeks to go in and do the Bijou 22 project, okay. he was there from like maybe like 9 a.m. Mm. to sometimes 8 a.m. Dang. Him and Poiser. Nonstop. I'm giving them ideas. Fault Leroy too. Okay. There. And we, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if any of the Fault Leroy songs, none of the Fault Leroy songs I did with Fault Leroy end up on BG22. They end up on Shadows and Diamonds. Oh, okay. But No ID was there, like, to dish out the tracks, and we were able to pick out the best. So so I'm curious, as you're, as you're talking about working around the clock and all this collaboration, trying to produce greatness and all this, how do you de-stress? Like, what do you do to allow that creativity to flow more freely, to just de-stress and take some of that anxiety or take some of that The that thing concern? is, I don't de-stress. That's where I think the mental health comes in at. Uh-huh. And um, it's hard to, like, I'm always on this musical high. Like, if I'm watching a movie, I'm listening to the score and okay. I'm listening to the the song, the the melody, or like the lyrics. I'm like, oh, why did they use this word? Did they, didn't they listen to this again? Like, I'm always okay. in that. But now, the speaking of movies, that's the one thing. Like, if I'm like, okay, Elijah, you have to chill them out. I can't stop my mind from racing because I don't take pills or anything like that. Okay. Movies, like mm. Marvel movies, and like you know, like Black Panther was like the best thing that could happen. Oh, I saw it three times. But like Wakanda that, Forever. Yeah, that's a good movie. Right. If right. it's a bad movie, I'll automatically like unplug from it. Like before the opening credits are even done. I'm like thinking about sending text messages or like, you know what I mean? Like coming yeah. up with a song concept. But if it's yeah. like a Marvel movie where I can get lost in it, mm-hmm. um, that's the only time I feel like my mind mm. is at peace. So for so for you then, movies are a way to de-stress. Yes. Like movies are a way that lets you keep your mind and take your mind off all the work mm-hmm. that you want to do. And now working out. Oh, so yeah. So I actually want to say this for... <sighs> Skinny, bro- skinny brothers around the world, rejoice. <laughs> I am about to tell you how I did it. No, you know what? Let's talk about this because everybody I've been seeing, I ran into like one of my peers who okay. has known me since my Red Styles days, right? And they were like, what the hell happened? Uh-huh. Like you were this little bony kid running around. And when you started going to the gym, you know, everybody has like the New Year's resolution when they go to the gym. Hashtag New Year, New Me. Yeah, New yeah. Year, New Me. And they go to the gym for like three months and they yeah. kind of, they start getting a little bulky. Right. And then they stop. Right. Like, you really have like turned it, you act like you about to compete for something. Like we are always like tweeting and posting in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what made you just wake up one day, his words were, what made you just wake up one day and say, I want to be buff. You uh-huh. know, because, and I'm not like the biggest guy in the world, but compared to, and yes, you can vouch for this, compared to, I... I remember one time Yessie hugged me. She said, are you eating? <laughs> she, said, she said, are you okay? You're really thin. Oh, wow. I used to be like unhealthily like, like skinny. Yeah, yeah. And, and so let me, let me jump in there real quick, though, because I know and I remember we previously talked about that, and it was funny as hell. Um, 
but I think in a very, very real way, body image is something that isn't talked about as much about men or oh, man. with men. Yes. And I think, uh, and myself, there's this image that we're constantly being told, I have to be buff, I can't be skinny, and then if we're not as buff or not as muscular as other dudes, then it's like, well, you're not almost manly enough, yeah. or you're not enough, you know, and then fill in the blank with whatever. Yeah, especially else. with social media. Yeah. But for me, honestly, that is the biggest distressor. Mm. No, and, and that's a blessing, like yeah. knowing what works for you. I just think, again, recognizing like, just like movies, right? Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about my way of de-stressing in a second. I want to ask you another question. <laughs> but um, anything that we do to de-stress in, in moderation. Yeah. Because if you're out here, you're having a marathon of every single damn Marvel movie ever made. Yeah. And you don't get any work done. Or you're not eating. Or yeah. you're not like properly nourishing yourself. And your locks start looking like a hot-ass mess, you know? <laughs> like... Anything and everything in moderation, including Definitely. moderation. So as we're talking about working out, being able to recognize not overdoing it in a way like, well, I need to run this extra mile just so I can lose another pound. Absolutely. You know? And that's the thing is for me, because I sing, it all started to tie in for me. Um, so here's the thing. I have a super fast metabolism. That's why I've been like bony my whole life. Yeah, yeah. It makes so, sense. I started to work out, right, and put on weight, and then like I would miss one meal, and it would all fall off. Right. So because I have a super fast metabolism, I had to eat healthier. Uh huh. So now, so then I got like bulky, but then it's like I had abs my whole life because I was so skinny. But now uh -huh. I'm like I have a, like the chest and the arms and the shoulders. Okay. And then I'm like, where are my abs? Yeah. So then it's like, oh well, you just can't be eating steaks just to bulk up. Like you got to start eating like lean meats. Yeah. So then I started eating healthier and cleaner, and now. Like, I ate a salad in my sleep. I wanted to have a pizza. Uh -huh. Like, we had, like, a little party here. Uh -huh. I wanted that pizza so bad. But I had a salad. You uh -huh. know what I mean? So now I'm eating cleaner. I'm thinking clearer. I think about all my business deals and when I get upset and everything like that and concepts and songs. Like, I, I, I go over it while I'm working out because I'm completely unplugged mm. from the music industry. And then the cool thing is when I work out, like, my voice is completely warm. Cause I go to the sauna afterwards. I want I want to reflect back and let you hear what you just said. You're not necessarily just um, unplugged from the music industry, from everything else. I'm hearing you say that you're that much more plugged into yourself. Yes. And when you're that much more plugged into yourself and more in tune with yourself, that's when you're able to really let that creativity flow and be more of that that artist that, that we love. You put it you put it into words better than I can. Actually it's the one time where I'm able to like step outside of myself. It's almost exactly. like an astral projection outside of me and it's looking at me like, okay, Elijah, mm -hmm. did you respond to this person about this? Did you send these emails about that? Did you approve this um, song getting played on this T V show? Did you mm -hmm. you know, what about this session? Like all that happened if I don't work out because I'm I have A D D. Okay. Like I I think I think I text people back and I don't. Like, uh -huh. I think I got, I've like responded to an email and I don't. Yeah. I, like you know what I mean? Like because I'm constantly thinking of so many things. So in the gym uh -huh. is where it all ties in. And then when when you run, like your lungs get you know they they expand. Right. So right. then if I love to like sing after I like work out because I'm completely warmed up mm. and I can like sing better. Yeah. So it all started to tie in. Okay. So when once you can make those all connect, okay, it's not a job anymore. It's yeah. a part of my like daily regimen, and this making creating a be the best me physically mm -hmm. 
mentally mm-hmm. and internally. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like that's to me like where my mental also like a big part of like my mental health yeah. comes in at. And that that strength there and yeah. knowing what works for you and being able to actually take the time to to treat yourself. Yeah. And then you go out mm-hmm. so you're thinking that you're like, okay, I'm warmed up and I sing better and um I'm in better shape. I feel better. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And also, like, I was talking to Mario, the singer, mm-hmm. and he's, like, really big on, like, chakra and, like, stones and energy. Oh, okay. And he okay. was telling me, like, how when you wake up in the morning, in, in his eyes, your chakra is stored, like, like you know, like, in your belly button and just, like, central. Okay, okay. And you need to work out or to be active for it to rise to, like, um, your crown. Oh, Which is to okay. your brain and the, the energy can properly disperse itself which okay. is like really dope and i kind of think that there's some type of truth there because i'm like really big on energy too sure but okay. everything when everything tied in for me so then now it's like i'll go out and like buy a shirt because i'm obsessed with like my biggest vice uh-huh aside from the obvious which is sex <laughs> 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 my biggest vice is like <laughs> fashion like i'm like so uh, so before you get <laughs> <laughs> first let me say thank you for that honesty uh i'm sure when when uh people listen to this you're gonna get some uh dms about that so prepare thyself i'll check the dms every now and then okay there 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 is that at sir elijah blake right right um so one of the and the, the big question i was going to ask you earlier um just in terms of like self-care and taking mm-hmm. care of yourself. Um, my biggest thing is ice cream. Okay. So I'd love, love, love me some ice cream. Right. And uh, it goes back to when I was a kid and when I would be coming back from like violin or little league practice or whatever, and we go to the to the grocery store. It was just me and my mom growing up that way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a chance to really have all the, the treats all the time. Mm-hmm. But when I did have a treat, we went to the um, the Lucky's right mm. by the house, and I would get um, Hagen Dazs, mm. either cherry vanilla or dulce de leche. Mm. And so now to the this dulce de leche sounds real good, bro. You don't even understand. <laughs> I can I can taste that caramel right now. Oh, man. But I digress. So <laughs> whenever I get a chance to like really really de stress, yeah, and just to kind of like treat myself that mm-hmm. way it's ice cream yeah so my question to you and you started talking about it with fashion and so I'm, it's, so yeah. it sounds like when I, if i were to ask you what is your ice cream you would say fashion yes okay a good sneaker a good sneaker a, okay a, a balenciaga or a, a, oh that a that would be a good sneaker yeah or some like that's like my like but so how it ties into again how I said, like, my main distress is working out. And stuff. Right, right. It's, there's been, the, the reward of it all, honestly, to me, is, like, when you work out not for physical appearance, ah. more so for physical health. Yes. And then you put on that shirt, and you're like, wait a minute now. Where'd that muscle come Look from? Look at this, where's <laughs> bicep? I'm about to, I'm sorry, Mr. Gucci, sir, can you go give me a, 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 a bigger size? I'm about to, I done broke y'all's shirt. I done tore it in the back. So... 
to me, like that is my reward. Uh-huh. There's been times like 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 let's say like on Monday I'll do like a chest day. Okay. And I'm like so on the, I'm like running from the gym and I go to the studio and not to like sound vain, but I'm just saying like where the reward comes in right. is then you wake up to brush your teeth and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Jumping, jumping was the <laughs> the chest, the pecs are just jumping. So that's like Lady, you about to see ladies leave your man at home. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was my mom's anthem. She was like she was full in a whole relationship. Singing ladies leave your man at home. That was like oh. my mom's only American song that she played in the house. Oh wow. Yeah, she loved that song. And um Tony Braxton's Just Be a Man About it. I think she was trying to give my stepdad a message. Uh. <laughs> but those was like the two songs that she played in the house. But again, it's <laughs> It's when it all ties in because uh-huh. everybody wants to look nice. Everybody wants to feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you can get those two to feed each other, I was mm-hmm. I remember one of the best quotes that I ever saw from Steve Jobs and my dad made it a point to point out to me. He was saying in any biz in any relationship, mm-hmm. whether it's a um love or business partnership or whatever, it's the only way it's going to work mm-hmm. is if you you getting what you want. You're not able to get what you want unless I get what I want, and I'm not able to get mm. what I want unless. Mm-hmm. So the what us meeting in the middle, like you won't make it right to the middle unless I'm there with you. Having that uh, that healthy compromise. Exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. like we can't have a company, and then like the company winning. Uh-huh. Uh, is basically solely on me sacrificing everything and basically you sacrificing twenty five percent. Right, I see. It's that. The, I see for that. this company to be the the best company in the world, or mm-hmm. to really be like Apple or Amazon mm-hmm. as as partners. Right, I would sacrifice everything and lose everything, and so would you if it does if it fails. And if right. it, I, I have everything to gain, you have everything to gain. Right, I have everything to lose, and you have everything to lose. Right, and if and if you've invested, I think even trying to think about saying it like in terms of an investment versus a sacrifice yeah. right um, if I'm invested in a hundred percent invested then I'm gonna make sure that I'm working to make sure I'm not losing that investment exactly versus if I work half-assed and I only give you 20% I'm like well if it fails yeah I mean yeah 20% sucks but like I still got a cool 80 somewhere yeah. and know? a lot of people think when you say give me a hundred percent and I'm gonna give a hundred percent that means that if I'm super book smart you have to be at that same level that that's not what that means no it no, means no. it means that if I'm the conversation piece and I'm the person that gets on the ground and makes it happen and uh-huh. the person to sell this thing right right I'm at a hundred with that and if you are the brains behind it and you're good with numbers and good in the organ from the organizational standpoint right then you're a hundred percent in that way yeah and and so when we're really utilizing our strengths yeah. because if you and I were to open up a business I'm definitely not going to sing our little jingle like to promote us or anything. Like, right. I'm going to go ahead and leave that to you. Right. But I think as we're talking about our strengths, we're also talking about any form of healthy communication. Yeah. Right. And being able to recognize, hey, I do this well. Let me be able to take this on. Yeah. Versus, you know what? You actually do this a little better than I do. Yeah. And having that strengths-based approach to working through communication yeah. goes from companies as well, but even more importantly, we're talking about relationships mm-hmm. and, and dating too. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Have you, so let me ask you this. I know we talked a little bit about the, the DMs earlier. So when it comes to relationships, have you taken that same approach in terms of like, I'm terrible I do, at relationships. Ah. 
I'm yeah, I'm terrible. I haven't yet mastered the art of cause because I'm like a songwriter. Okay. And I love poetry so much, like if we even like the same cartoons, I'm like, I'm in love. Like <laughs> <laughs> and then like a week later I'm just like, Well maybe that wasn't love and then but She's already like, well, you tell me you love me. Has that, has that always been for you? Like you would watch like uh, Rugrats or something or Chippendale back in the day. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, man, she likes Rugrats. Like Tommy and Chucky. Like I'm just going to go. My soulmate. Yeah, yeah. And then like where you were supposed to actually take your time and like evaluate it. Okay. I've already like decided. And then that towards a couple of weeks and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't it. But she's like, motherfucker, you told me I was you was in love. So. <laughs> Where's my ring? So, yeah. And that's. I'm terrible because it, when I say it, it's genuine, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like premature. Um, like I, I do, I, and I, 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 like that. I, I accept the fault in not just relationships. I'm like that actually in in everything. I okay. choose. I want so badly to see the good in human beings. Okay. Like I want to believe that there's good in everybody. Okay. So okay. like I would literally like. Sometimes where I should see certain signs that it's like, okay, what what are you doing? Uh, Whereas I don't know why, but when I was younger, because uh, I had so much resentment for what happened to me as a kid, yeah, I, yeah. It was, I was very, it was my tolerance for it was very low. Like, and then I think um, I don't, I think it was audiology when you were talking about move, is it move me? Yeah, uh, that, uh, trust issues. Yeah, yeah, because there's things that I've seen, you know yeah, what I mean, and yeah, like yeah. so. I just I, I had a low tolerance if a male, even because of what happened to me and my molestation was from a male from the church. Okay. Um, if a male figure was trying to be like show authority towards me, I would lash out. And my all, all I knew was to fight ah, and okay. to be really quick out of out the mouth. And right. Um, so now that I'm more so like I'm not as resentful uh-huh. with it anymore, and I'm just kind of finding strength in it. Right. Right. Me forgiving him uh-huh. for what happened has caused me to be more forgiving in general and I actually I'm trying to wow. not be so, you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find a way to be okay with that absolutely um so but I kind of miss and sometimes I kind of miss the old me where I was like easy to like be like oh I'm, I'm it's a wrap like just a, like nope bye bye because yeah. I that was a, a, a protective a defense mechanism for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. like if I even saw something I'm like out but now it's just like Oh man, like you know, like come here, like don't cry, like you know what I mean, like that's the thing. I wonder if that's even like in its own way a defense, because you go from being a hundred percent buy get away from me mm-hmm. to a hundred percent no come here. Yeah, and then so because they're so like I don't know how I feel about this conflict one way or another. Yeah, so I'd rather just go ahead and jump right into being in love. Yeah, and then kind of forego all the other stuff. Yeah. Because you just want to bring them in so you don't have to worry about that. That's true, too. And again, this ain't a therapy session, but I'm just saying, that just came to me right now. Are you going to charge me for this? Uh, We'll we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, I I think as we're talking about that, um, I've really, really appreciated the, uh, as we're talking about relationships right now, that openness. Because when you're talking about the past that you've personally experienced mm-hmm. and the pers- the past that you've had yeah. as a person, um, that is a part of, of your past. Yeah. And understanding that, acknowledging that, one, doesn't make you weak. Mm-hmm. It makes you stronger yeah. for being able to embrace that. 
and two, not like distancing yourself from that, mm-hmm. not trying to like drift away or to push that away. Mm-hmm. Um, you're actually owning that. Mm-hmm. And I think in you owning that, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of strength. Yeah. Um, and so if and when it's time for you to have a relationship that way, yeah. um, do you think that's something to to consider like how she acknowledges and like is open to receiving that that past and open to that, receiving the emotions yeah, yeah. that's it's it, it won't work any other way because for so long i've had to like deal with it internally on my own yeah yeah so in a relationship you take on so many of the other person's burdens and i think that's where a lot of resentment in my past relationships on my part mm. came from mm-hmm. because I, i'm taking on your burdens and I'm I haven't I'm not even comfortable enough with myself for me to ask you to help take on some of mine mm. for us to share so it's like I'm dealing with what I have internally mm. and you can't even help me with it but I'm also and I'm not I, I'm not even yet content with that mm-hmm. and then I'm also taking on your burdens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean so you're holding yours and you're holding theirs yeah. and trying to manage that yeah is heavy yeah so it just gets too heavy and then too like, heavy. it just kind of like collapses all the time yeah so man Mm -hmm. man well damn that's that's a lot man yeah and i i really 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 appreciate um in terms of your your openness thank you bro today man and i think one for this this podcast but um for me this podcast isn't isn't about me Mm-hmm. Um, I think being able to recognize that that I've been blessed to meet amazing, amazing people who happen to be amazing people that do amazing things. Preach. And in in having those types of connections, I know that other people out there um, will really, really benefit from from this podcast. Yeah. And I say that with all all humility yeah. but knowing that it's grounded in service like you can you can say that with confidence at yeah. the same time well i think to your part <clears throat> there's a lack of good listeners mm. and that's one thing i've always gotten from our conversations is even if it's just a conversation i don't always have somebody who i feel like you you have a lot of times where you talk at people and we talk at each other mm-hmm. And then you also have somebody when you have a conversation with they listen mm. and therefore when they they're what they say to you in return right holds more weight they don't even say much right right and that's right. just kind of always been our dynamic and yes uh, yes it's like you don't ever have to say much because the little that you say is so heavy it's because like, you feel heard yeah or, or i think what we're what you're saying is that we both feel heard yeah and that we don't have to say a whole bunch of extra words because you get that direct communication and that direct understanding yeah. and feeling heard because yeah. everybody wants to at, at our core my strong strong belief is that everybody wants to be seen everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to be validated mm-hmm. and understood and understood yes. my biggest fear is like what if i if you want to see me act a fucking fool uh-huh. is when I feel misunderstood. Okay, hold on. Let me let me write that down, bro. <laughs> does not like to be misunderstood. Okay. That's the one thing that drives me nuts. Okay. If I even leave an argument, I can like say and I can say some things that are really cut deep. Uh-huh. But it's like a lot of it stems from when I feel misunderstood. Mm. Then I'm I, I go into defensive mode and right. like attack. And I think again, as I'm as I'm listening, as I'm hearing. One of the things that makes you feel misunderstood is when people are speaking at you. Yes. 
Um, and what, what I've noticed in like different conversations and whether that's being in, in the industry or yeah. just even within the field of psychology is that it's almost like at times, like you ever been in those conversations when it's almost like people are just waiting to talk again, Yes. but they're not actually listening to what you said. Yeah. So like if you start talking about relationships and then I'm just like, man, do you see about this, this thing on the news? Yes. I'm just like, bro, what's what's that got to do with it? Yes. And so I think as we're really slowing down to take that time and effort yeah. to listen and mm -hmm. to hear people, that helps people actually feel more understood. There you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I um, as we wrap up in these these next couple minutes, um, I really just want to again say thank you and, and express express gratitude uh for joining us today thank you thank you for having me bro yeah, yeah. man and i think um, i think this is gonna help some people man and and that's exactly what i was gonna say it's the conversation we run from the conversation a lot of these, anything regarding mental health there's such a th things are so sensitive nowadays yes. because of social media yes and the me too movement and everything happening and with race and everything but you know i i'm just glad that certain there are certain outlets that allow these conversations to be had because the only way we're going to get past them or to achieve any level of understanding mm -hmm. is by the conversation and we have to talk about it yeah like there's no one of the things that gets me the most damn upset is when people are like well you're you're perpetuating racism by talking about it it's like how the hell does that even make sense? Right. Like, you can't try to tell me we're going to solve racism by not talking about by it. By acting like it doesn't exist. And, and we're not going to work through systemic issues yeah. that perpetuate sexual harassment yeah. and sexual assault. And how are you going to know that I don't like something if I don't tell you? That's one of my goals this year is, like, letting people know immediately that mm. if they make me feel a certain type of way. If they, if they did something that made me feel good mm -hmm. i want to tell them that mm -hmm. so they could know to do more of it if they make some they, if they did something to make me feel uncomfortable i want to tell them that and it and, I, and the beautiful thing you just said there being able to have both like it's not just about saying hey i don't like that yeah hey stop doing that shit like stop it's also about trying to acknowledge and to validate like you know what when you did that, I actually really appreciated it. yeah and i always try to tell people that even and i try to teach finn my artist mm -hmm. that a lot because he used to have a hard time listening to people. Mm, mm. But then also, then sometimes he would listen to people too. He would take what people say too much. And I was telling him, there's, if you break down the definition, I'm like, then they taught you about context clues, right? Before you went into homeschool. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> constructive criticism. If you break that word down, the yes. first part of it is constructive, which means to build up from construction. Amen. Speak that. So if I just tell you, I don't like that dress. I don't like that hair. I don't like those shoes. Yeah. And I walk away, and then you like, wait a minute, like that's that that hurt me. And I'm like, it's constructive criticism. No, it's not. No, it's not. I just broke you down. Yeah. Constructive criticism is like, hey, like, what made you go with that hair color? Like, I've always thought that the black or the brown would bring out your eyebrows more, and uh -huh. you know what I mean. And, or the that color would bring out your eyes more. Yeah. Or, Have you ever tried these shoes? Because those kind of look clunky on your feet or whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's criticism, but. At least I'm trying to build you up. And and that's the purpose is to build up versus yes. to break down. Yes. And when we have genuine conversations like the one we've had today, I think, again, bringing today full circle, we're talking about mental health is real. And we're yes. talking about reflecting empathy and love. So thanks again for, for the time, Thank brother. Thank you, bro. Man, Thank you. man. All right. Peace and love, brothers and sisters. And we hope that you tune in to the next episode.
Blessings. Mental health is real. Reflecting empathy and love. Produced by Yessi Ortiz and Dr. Milo Dotson. Follow us on our socials at ph.dotson at Yessi Ortiz.